tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hello, folks. How are you? Edith here. But you maybe already knew since you have chosen to listen to Soundtracking with Edith Bowman. That's me. Um, welcome along. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the podcast. Um, welcome along if you're a returning listener or welcome. Welcome to the party. If you are a first time listener, it's brilliant to have you along for the ride. There's loads of great stuff at the cinema at the minute. And I know that um, it feels like things are kind of taking steps back to being more normal. But I totally appreciate that not everybody feels safe with being back in a cinema environment. So if you are, then get along and see some of the brilliant films that are out at the cinema be that uh, the subject of this week's episode, Sing 2, or something like West Side Story, or maybe you want to watch something at home. You've got two great options that I know of at the minute that are out on DVD. Um, You've got Dune that is out and Last Night in Soho, the Edgar Wright, both of which you can hear talked about on previous episodes of this podcast. So there's a couple of recommendations, both for at-home viewing or if you fancy getting out and stuffing your face with popcorn at your local cinema. But our latest guest on Soundtracking is a friend of the show, someone that I've known for many, many, many moons and someone I absolutely love getting to spend time with. And he's returning to discuss his sequel to a massive family favourite in not just ours, but many households around the world. The fabulous Garth Jennings found a winning formula with his joyous animation, Sing, and has thankfully managed to recreate it with Sing 2 all with lots of new things. In addition to an all-star cast reprising their roles from the first film, Garth also managed to persuade none other than Bono to play a reclusive rock star and allow him to use some classic U2 songs. Plenty more on that shortly, but we'll begin with another of the many great tunes in the film, Let's Go Crazy, as performed by Tori Kelly, Taron Edgerton, Reese Witherspoon and Nick Crow. Piggy Power!
there you are. How are you doing? Happy New Year. Happy- <laughs> Can we still say We're still that? allowed to say that. It's not quite wrong yet, is it? Yeah, and I always wonder what the cutoff point well, is. Well, if it's a friend, if I haven't seen you for ages, yeah, Happy New Year, Edith. Yeah, how are you? I'm all right. How's it going? Are you out in the country again? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the sticks. I'm in Gloucestershire. Sun is oh, shining. I love that. Skies are blue. It's brilliant. I know. It looks yeah. idyllic right now. It's wicked. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, listen, I'm so glad to have you back on the podcast to talk about Sing 2. I was going through the montage again this morning from the first film, the audition montage. We used to have a, we created our own game at home where you had to sing the next song before the first, you're the first person to sing the next song. So we kind of knew it that well. <laughs> it's weird and though, isn't it? How we get used to like songs in sequence, like on albums. Yeah. If you, yeah. you normally know, oh, that one comes next. And it's yeah, weird yeah. when you hear it on the radio and that song doesn't come next. <laughs> but it's so, it was such, it's such a fun game. And so we're, we're all trying to get to know the new film as well as the first film so that we can nail it with yeah. that medley as well. Some boys are trying too hard. He don't try at all. I guess because thinking about how long these films take to to make, you know, it's an incredible, an incredible feat, you know, in terms of the, the the length and the work and the amount of people involved. And I was just looking down the the list under the music team and the number of musicians and yeah. additional singers. There's kind of hundreds in there as well. It's yeah. a huge collaboration of so many people on these it's films. Massive, and yeah, I mean that the whole team of Sing Two, I think, is just over five hundred people, Whoa. and we've been on it for um yeah four and a half years. Isn't that insane? Why it's would insane. what were we thinking? <laughs> Why would uh, you do well, that? We're we're very glad you have. <laughs> we're very glad you were thinking. I'll make another one. I'll Thank do another one. Much. Let's do it again. <laughs> I know what we should do as well. Let's make it much harder to make. Yes, let's make it more challenging because it wasn't like the first one was difficult enough. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Did you had was the second one greenlit before the first one kind of had the response that it did? No, it wasn't greenlit, but it had I remember a year before we finished, we were starting to chat about it, but just informally, like over a cup of coffee, wouldn't it be funny to see where this lot go? You know, because by the yeah. end of the first one, they're only just they've only just cobbled together a show in the ruins of a theater. <laughs> wouldn't it be nice to see if their career actually did take off or not? And and then it was like, well, it'd be great if they're like a, a family now, because I love that mm. when you get a crew. And I love that yeah. thing. And wouldn't it be great if they were they went all the way to the big leagues? And I <laughs> had a trip to Vegas and saw one of these a few of these Cirque du Soleil shows that, oh, could you imagine if they tried to do this? I'd like Amazing. to see that. And and then that was about a year prior. No, start, so conversation started a bit, but a year before Sing One was even released. And then by the time it was released, we were like, okay, we should make that. Wow. <laughs> so it wasn't greenlit. I don't, I don't even know when we get greenlit. We just seem to start making it and somebody along the way goes, oh, you're greenlit. 
I went, oh, good. It's, that it's like you're on a treadmill. Yeah, a nice I am, walk, And then somebody, somebody kind of just, you know, notches up your speed and the incline yes, slightly. Yes. I would say we've been at maximum speed and incline <laughs> for three and a half years like this. It's been like... <laughs> Because <laughs> you think of animation as being really oh. slow. Everyone says, oh, it's so slow. It takes them forever. Mm. It's like, yeah, it's slow, but I can't breathe. We're going so fast. Like it's so uh. intense for that period of time. Um, definitely had a couple of meltdowns along the way. So this, you're seeing me at a much better place right now. I love it. For people who are just listening to this, you're, you're, I'm assuming you're in Paris and this is your office where you do yes. some of the scratch stuff, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Where you yeah. test all the... Test yeah. on some bits of the, the dialogue and the all that. The dialogue kind of and stuff. Yeah, I just stand at this microphone. I do miss Crawley from here as well. So mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, right. it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. With music, it's got to be one of the very first things that you think about because with these films, it's so, it's got so many roles, you know, in, yes. in terms of obviously the gang are all, it's part of what they love doing, it's what they want to do. But you've, and then you've got all these kind of other little sections where, the some of the songs bleed into kind of score in a way mm-hmm. and then you've got the lovely mel- medleys and yes. things like that so it must be what's that thought process of going right tunes what are we gonna have <laughs> i mean how does right, it tunes yeah. what are we gonna do lads yeah, um, yeah. no it's it's uh it's you you just put it the perfect way which is that it's we're coming at it from all different directions mm. sometimes it's a case of most of the time it starts in the script that there is something that I'm writing into the script, like, okay, this would be, okay, let's go crazy. And this is how I break it down. And then I would have a bit where it stops and I'd have a bit where this would happen. And uh, like I would have done with music videos, breaking it right down. And then other times you'll go, okay, this would be, we need something like this, but this isn't quite right yet, but something that ticks this emotional box. And then, and then other times you're finding it in the edit, like a, if you're going to like an audition sequence, you've got like a bunch of songs and ideas you like, and you're trying to make it, that just doesn't go with that one. It just, it doesn't hand off, you know, mm-hmm. bangs needs to go into something <laughs> yeah. else, you know. Uh, um, and yeah, it's very, so there's <laughs> Billie no. Billie Eilish. <laughs> yeah. I, think that's I right. know. Yeah. Nice. You're good test. You passed. It's not really scientific, but it's definitely emotionally led. And of course, by the time you get to the end of the film, the thing you have to do is kind of not only make a sort of palette of four or five songs that really feel like a lovely, satisfying ensemble of of music, but also Mm -hmm. you're serving those characters' stories and that music has to sort of have a different role as music does. Like one is like celebrating love. 
you love, you know, a crush. One is celebrating kind of like being, you know, fighting and defending yourself and be, you know, and the other one is like, you know, grief, literally handling grief and healing. And, and so you're trying to show not just a spectrum of music, but a spectrum of what music can mean to people. That yeah. sounds scientific and heavy. But you have to have those layers there. Otherwise, it doesn't resonate emotionally. Well, that's the thing. It's like it really connects on so many levels and for so many generations as well. And I think that that's got a lot to do with it in terms of, you know, for kind of young kids, it's got an instant kind of gratification sonically and, and, you know, and visually. And But then for for other people, they can resonate in different ways with, different depths of of what it's saying that's such the clever thing about it is that there's so many wonderful themes in this film as well that I think is what just makes it something that you want to go back to again and again and again I love that and I I I I loved that seeing the first thing film had that reaction that families and kids would sort of play Mm -hmm. it a lot I mean, that's so, so rewarding. Um, and, and, but you realize that's quite a responsibility as well. So if you're going to make a sequel, you, you, you better do your best job with it because these songs are going to be playing in houses a lot. But it also gave us confidence to say, well, yeah, we don't have to be picking everything that's popular. You can have two and a half minutes of Mercury Rev that most people watching this won't have heard of. Within the first five minutes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love that. And I, and I love that I've been working with a studio who have no problem with that because they completely understand that when they're watching it, they feel <laughs> everything they want to feel. And they're like, yeah, that works. doesn't have to say yeah but how many how many uh hits has this thing had in the last few years if you look at that if you let that guide you you're going to be in trouble but um so it's a, always a mix of things of things people know things people don't know um yeah if only yeah. i was allowed to do radio stations radio shows that had that ethos it would be the dream job why don't you man just oh, take man. over get some Tell rich me. person to give you a ton of money and just set you free <laughs> i'm listening i'm tuning in already you set me up with Bono and then we're absolutely sorry. Yeah, Bono, I know yeah. this lady, she's wicked. <laughs> um, speaking of him, it's really interesting because I remember I interviewed um, uh, Richard Curtis for the film he did with Danny Boyle yesterday with the kind of beat backdrop of the Beatles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ed Sheeran has this kind of really slightly weird role within the film. 
And I said to him, you know, was it always going to be Ed Sheeran? He went, no. <laughs> He's like, I originally wanted Chris Martin, but he wouldn't do it sort of thing. I was like, okay, thanks for your honesty. Uh, That's amazing that he was so honest. Now yeah. I didn't want Ed Sheeran. I didn't know. No, 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 no. I wanted to start with the top and then work my way down to Ed Sheeran. <laughs> but you went to the top and you got straight in there. Because straight in there. It doesn't really, I don't think it would really... I was trying to think who else could it be and it can't really there isn't be, one I don't have because one because of so many l- l- layers because of the songs you know yeah it's different if it's an actor and... who's just only providing a voice you yeah. could probably find other alternatives but it's not just that voice it's those songs and that legacy and all of that combined mm-hmm. uh there was no plan b we'd just have to rethink the whole thing you know you <laughs> That, you know, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. There aren't any others still haven't found what I'm looking <laughs> yeah. for. You know, uh, yeah. And, and, and I couldn't believe it though, you know, cause you go all out there, you throw all this, put this package together and we sent it to a manager or agent type person, somebody. Yeah. But I didn't expect to hear back. I expected to hear very nice. He's so busy. He wants to thank you. You know, the nice courtesy. Yeah decline but then it all it was was like suddenly a few days later somebody said oh he's gonna phone you in 10 minutes <laughs> and i was like yeah i don't think he's gonna <laughs> rock stars don't a aren't generally punctual i'm sorry if you're listening <laughs> rock stars you don't tend to be a punctual bunch of people um that's fine you you'd be rock stars that's okay but and also to, i didn't expect him to phone but he did he phoned and and we had this lovely lovely chat about music and film just exactly the kind of conversation you and i are having right now it's no no different it was so easy and enthusiastic and and he loved this idea of like oh gr- you know, grief has p- played a huge part in his life he lost his mum, and mm. he talks about he was talking about how that gave him his voice but how it can give it can take people's voice away and um yeah and so that's yeah and suddenly we were doing it and good gracious yeah it's now it's now it's done <laughs> there's an amazing little um film up on youtube that i saw which you did this great little sort of in studio with garth jennings featurette of and it's oh, you yeah. and your phone kind of look at the oh, Eiffel yes. tower and then i love i love it so lovely but you get it's so great because we get a little insight into you with the actors mm. and how present you are and how you know you're not in a booth you're in no. that room with them and you're yeah. kind of what about a bit like this and yeah it it seems that you like it, it the energy that comes off that is like you look like you're just having the best time I do love it I love it and I think energy is vital and you've got to sustain it and, and share it and not overpower anybody, but you've got to kind of bring that. And I, that's one of the things I love about it. It's one of the things that's also it's so exhausting about it. I'm almost always very nervous before a recording session, even if it's someone I've worked with many times and I get on really well with, because there's a, okay, are we going to make it work this time sort of energy? Yeah. And then once you get in the room and you just start going, it's fantastic. And, and it can be really the most thrilling thing. And I, you point out that video, that video that you saw, the funny thing was that when lockdown kicked off, all these kids were stuck at home and you know, children were, couldn't go to school. And the boss of Illumination was helping out the educational authorities in California by giving them animation like like a little animation tutorials to sort of give them stuff oh, wow. to work on. And so I actually made that video with Chris um, with my phone as a part of a, an educational thing while kids were in lockdown in, in LA. But 
because so it's actually was me describing my process to children and then at the end of it they were invited to send in clips and stuff like that oh wow um but we liked that stuff we realized oh it's quite nice to see how this stuff is made and normally it's done in a very sort of antiseptic way you know it's filmed afterwards and it's all nice lighting and stuff it's not it's very scrappy and very tactile and human and energy 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 so um it was good to use that. So we reused it and, eat and made more like it because that's, it sort of worked. Just imagine it, a spectacular musical. Okay, everybody, lots of energy now. And action. Keep that, keep it like, so the panic is all very small. Okay, from the top. No, 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 stop, stop, no. Hello, my name is Garth Jennings and I'm the writer and director of Sing. And, sorry, my dog wants to say hello. This is Luna. Anyway, I'm going to take you to the office with me right now and show you something I've not shown anyone before, which is how I make the movies. As you can see, it's in Paris. That's the Eiffel Tower over there, hiding behind that tree. And all the animation is done here. So this is my office. And this over here is my voice booth and record what we call scratch. They're just rough voices. They're not the real voices. They'll be done by the proper actors once I've got it working. But first, let's have a go at some scratch. Now, there's one voice that I was doing for scratch that actually ended up being a real character. Lepsang Sushang, courtesy of Mr. And that was Miss Crawley. Here at the studio, we record all the voices for the movie and we put them all together with the storyboards and we cut a version of the movie. Hi, Chris Jamon. I'm not so good in small spaces. And now we need to record the real actors to bring the characters to life properly. Mr. Moon, I'm not so good in small spaces. Okay, okay. Somebody stuck on my trotter. Okay, come on, let's get you out of here. Aha! Mina, do you think. That's kind of your size? Now, all our actors are super talented. I am going to win a ton of awards for this. My job is to make sure that the actor is clear on what they're doing and they feel comfortable to just try different things out. <laughs> That's actually quite funny. We could use that for Buster. So we did. We put it in the movie. Hey, this guy doesn't have it figured out, so we can't start work right now. I have to be open and read the actor and try and get the best out of them that also serves my film. If you do it right, it can be the most exciting process in the world. Yeah! I think we pretty much nailed it. There's nothing holding me back. So there's some examples of what it's like to direct animation. I'll be finished on Sing 2 very soon, and when it comes out, I really hope you enjoy it. It's really nice to see the actors and how how they are, you know, in terms yeah. of they're not just stood in front of a microphone, they're they're kind of yeah. bouncing about and they're really yeah. kind of getting into it and yeah. to really give the character that authenticity, I guess. Yeah. And, and you're very vulnerable there behind that microphone. As you know, it's just you and there's no other sound. There's no costume, got no props. You can hear your stomach rumbling. You're very exposed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, and so you can, anyone can feel very nervous and sort of inhibited behind a microphone, mm. um, especially if you're trying to get them to go to something you know, not necessarily bombastic, but, you know, you know, revealing. So the job is to kind of create an atmosphere where that's fine and you can make mistakes and you can get to that place and not worry and and not feel too precious. Yeah. um, And when Taron sings at the end of the film and he really has to yell his head off because after he sung the song, there's a kind of epilogue where he Mm -hmm. just goes above and beyond and there's all this sort of drumming going on. And he was, 
having to really cut loose and go against all of his sort of singing instincts, I suppose. So I was like, don't worry about being in tune. Just, just fight the guy. <laughs> you know? And uh, obviously it's perfectly in tune because he's great. But this enthusiasm and energy that he able, was able to put into it was great. And again, that comes back to your thing about energy and, and allowing people to go there. Yeah. It's really funny. We were um, my my kids have, are slightly obsessed with Daft Punk at the minute, and um, they've been listening to. They love this particular track with Giorgio Moroder on talking. Yeah, and if he talks about when he was um, when I was, you know, and so um, and people <laughs> people call me people call me Giorgio. And anyway, but once when the, as soon as the kids have said that, the thing that they say straight after it in the car is like Biggie Power, <laughs> and, which is like. Nick Coy's like that. I no. wonder if Nick Crow based his Giorgio. Well, you know what? If they make a third film and if Gunter has a brother or, or, or an uncle, he should be Giorgio, shouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, totally. That'd be so great. It's like, this is my cousin Giorgio. Say hello, Giorgio. <laughs> you know, I'm Giorgio. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Oh. What was um what was what was Bono like in the in the, the voice booth? Because obviously as well as the you know kind of him being the performer and he's 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 a character you know it's yeah. a different side to him than we've yeah we've seen he, and heard really he um i wish i had the recordings here he did it he wanted he's one of the only performers i've ever worked with who kind of wanted to audition before he got the part not audition <laughs> wow. as in he just wanted to be sure he could get something we both liked and i yeah. thought that was really smart because he didn't want to do a voice that he didn't believe in or didn't feel he could follow through. And also he's standing next to the, not literally, but he's, there's Matthew McConaughey, there's Scarlett, there's Reese, there's all these amazing actors. He feels he has to, wanted to make sure he could do the, the thing. Lesson. So I went and met with him at his house. We had a couple of hours just running around his living room with my phone. It's on here somewhere. I should have thought of this before <laughs> I come on. Of him trying voices out, me being the other people like, oh, come on, be in the show. You know, I'm doing the Buster Moon stuff. And, uh, and he was going, you know, and he went to this like Jack Nicholson place at one point. He was like, no, I'm not going to be in your show. <laughs> you know, and then he was like, I was like, oh, no, that's too, that's too, oh, I don't know what that is. I don't like that guy. And then, um, and then it was, and then we tried other things. And then it fa- just found this very gentle, like, and it was so much about the breathing and like where you take the breath. So it sounds ridiculous, but it really was about like, no, just breathe through every line. Don't um, project and just, just let it sit right down there. And even when you're being mean or funny, just sit right down there. And then when you're getting to those vulnerable points, don't be afraid to mm-hmm. break. Uh, and uh, also his daughter, Eve, 
I remember there was one session I did remotely and I, I remember Eve was there and I think she helped as well. I think she was great to give him confidence and sort of just go, dad, I remember there was one line towards the end where it's kind of a sad line that he's saying. And I heard Eve in the background go, dad, you're killing me. <laughs> it was, ad- it was adorable, but it was, um, but yeah. And, and then the funniest thing though, was when I actually then had to get him to sing his own song, you know, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. It's not how he wants it. It's how you want it yeah. to facilitate the film. Yeah. And the thing is, though, there was a problem because his voice, his singing voice is perfect. It hasn't. I'm not saying that to be complimentary. The fact is, he still sounds fantastic. And mm-hmm. I have a character who supposedly hasn't sung for 15 years. So I had to say to him, that's a great take. Um, <laughs> do you mind singing it a little bit less good, like a bit more? Uh, bit more like so no good he's like it, it sounds too good doesn't it i said yeah i can't believe i'm saying that to you and your own song but could you could you crap it up a bit just you know just for the first bit once you're out we can let you soar but yeah you find yourself in these strange positions making the film saying the oddest things to people and telling bono to sing his own, own song a bit less good it's a very very strange thing to be doing Did he know what what songs you wanted to to include? Oh yeah, something? yeah. No, and okay. he he wanted. He at first said, "Oh no, we we never give the rights to Street the way the streets have no name." Oh wow, you won't, you won't you won't have that. We just as a band won't won't let that one go. And I was like, totally get it. Did he say why? I think there are just some some songs that are off limits. Like I know when we talked about that song one as well. Mm-hmm. He said, no, one means too much to too many people. And uh, he gave, sorry, I wish I could do it justice. He, he gave me a really good reason. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 it's fine. Yeah. Because we talked about it. It's like, that could work. Mm-hmm. And Streets Have No Name as well was one of those. And I can't remember what the reason was, but it was just like the band felt like, no, 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 you don't. You don't. And I said, that's fine. <laughs> Here I go being, you know, the pushy director guy. That's fine. Totally fine. But can I, can <laughs> I just show it to you? Can I just at least show it to you? And um, the context and then at least you've seen it and you can bat it away then. And I showed it to him and I remember him sitting there and I'm very nervous when you show it to, you know, show anything to anybody. He goes, yeah, that works, doesn't it? I was like, yeah, it does. It does work. But you know, he goes, and it, it was like instantly, it was like, okay, well, I'll talk to the band and see what, you know, see what they say. Yeah. And it worked. I want to run. I want to hide. I want. 
I can't believe it. There were so many, there were so many hoops on this film, <laughs> not just with the, that, but in, in, with the U2 songs, but just so many. That's what I'm standing here now. It's like, oh, good gracious. I can't believe we're this side of all those hoops. <laughs> Was that a, a lot of them around music? Yeah, I, music and, and, and just, just en- that thing you talked about earlier as well, just energy, sustaining that energy with everybody. I didn't realise, I was quite naive, I have to admit, Edith, that I could you know, sustain that for this long. And it was really, it's been the most rewarding process to, to see the film finished. And it, it's just amazing. I can't tell you what it's like to see it done. It's lovely. Mm. It's amazing. But getting there was definitely the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Wow. You know, and, and one of those, you definitely have a few moments where you're like, I don't know if I've, I did, you know, the film was working, but I don't know if I've got the steam in the engine left, you know, so, and then you have a big crisis of confidence and then you're like, oh no, am I, am I going to have to okay. stop? And you just need, and then it's like, oh, maybe a break, Garth, maybe a little couple of weeks <laughs> where you're not going, <laughs> you know, would be a good Get idea. That treadmill. Yeah, yeah. The treadmill. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, we, we're so grateful you, you kind of, you know, persevered and got, got there because it is so, we were so excited when, you know, when we heard there was going to be a, a second one. And did I ask if there's going to be a third? <laughs> well, I will be honest with you. I, we've talked about a third. Yeah. And the idea for it is so lovely and uh, thrilling. I hope it gets made. But I can tell you for, for a fact, if it does get made, um, I wouldn't be writing or directing. I would take a backseat role. I'd still do Miss Crawley if, if she was required, mm-hmm. but, um, but also as a kind of exec producer, if, if, if it happens, it would be great because it is, a, it is such a lovely premise and a direction to take it in. But who knows? I genuinely don't yeah. know what will happen. I, I mean, we're, we've run out of time, but we haven't even talked about Joby's brilliant work on this as well, you know, in terms of having oh, to Joby. kind of weave between all those, you know, I all those him. kind of, massive songs you know that we all yeah, he has that unenviable task of having to weave all this stuff together <laughs> yeah. it's not seamlessly easy. though yes seamlessly, could you, though. yes could you weave it all together but do it seamlessly please <laughs> i don't want to see any seams or hear any no amazing job that man did yeah, yeah pulled the rabbit out of the hat on that one really uh, did. well maybe we can do uh we can do an episode with the two of you at some point that i'd love that you have you ever have spoken you? to him no i'd love to oh you'd love him too. he's he's yeah. a winner he's yeah, a keeper yeah. yeah. Okay. Wicked. We like those. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, it's so great to chat to you and, and you, huge Edith. congratulations. Um, thank you. Go and have a holiday. Yes. And put your feet up. All right. And, thank um, you. And just, um, yeah, just enjoy the the praise and the the love that this film is. <laughs> That's very kind. Thanks, Edith. Lots of love. All right, love. Take Cheers. care, darling. Nice to see you again. Bye, and you. See you. Bye now. Bye.
From the soundtrack to Sing To, that's I Say A Little Prayer, performed by Tori Kelly and Pharrell Williams, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with the brilliant Garth Jennings. Oh, my huge thanks to Garth for taking the time to talk to us. Sing To is on general release now and is a fabulous compliment to the original movie. Head to edithbowman.com to hear all of our previous episodes, including my first chat with Garth. And do subscribe whilst you're there and follow links to the dedicated Spotify playlist we put up for each show. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK. And do have a little look at our YouTube channel for some bonus interviews and videos. In fact, I put quite a few up last week. Jared Leto. Emma Stone, Steven Spielberg, and I'm just about to put up Hans Zimmer. Next up, I'll be joined on the podcast, and I'm thrilled to announce that I will be joined by Maggie Gyllenhaal and composer Dickon Hinchcliffe to discuss their work together on her fantastic directorial debut, The Lost Daughter. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. Bye.